weren't on the schedule mm-hmm. or our pick yeah. pool. And so we could talk about those. Um, I would say we talk about those first. We'll go, we'll go week zero, a little mm-hmm. brief reaction, then talk about week one. So we've got Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and then we'll right. go into the, the dynamics of the pick pool. So. Gotcha. Shorter. That way we don't have a full cast of characters here. Right. I'm gonna read through a little bit of Sean's tips and tricks here. He mm-hmm. was on a flight to Hollywood. Oh damn. Sean's got all Hollywood on us. <laughs> so he left me some notes. So I'll have that pull up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll count it down, and then we'll get is that the vape pin there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, on that note, welcome to Goal Line, guys. This is your host, Joshua. We got our buddy TJ in the house. He's new to the Goal Line family here. TJ, how you doing, bud? Doing great, my friend. Excellent. So you started off here. It's a late night edition. We're doing the uh, delinquent homework here. We're in night school. I guess we'll call this the night school edition. The night hurricane survival edition. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So to our internet audience here, a lot of us uh, guys here, a lot of us Goal Line guys are based in Florida. We had uh, Hurricane Adalia, Adelia, Adalia, run through. Adalia had, like, the most southern daughter name ever. Well, we got, we got lucky here in St. Petersburg. We got a few palm fronds down. Uh, we didn't lose electricity the entire time. There was some street flooding, nothing major. Uh, looks like upper, upper Big Bend, Florida, got the most of it. But that hurricane kind of blew through quick. It's already in South Carolina, as far as, uh, as, far as I know. It's already whipped through Georgia. So uh, we don't really get too crazy down here unless we see a Cat 4. Cat 3s aren't welcome, but uh, we didn't get a direct hit, so we're pretty lucky. I kind of put it like this to people at work just because I'm from Louisiana. Until you really lose crap in a hurricane, like stuff you'll never get back in your life, you don't yeah. really know how to prep <laughs> prep for it until then. We got I, I've had that happen. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to. We I live kind of close to the canal, and it, it backed up a little bit, but it didn't rain as much as I thought. So, uh, no major, no major outages here, nothing like that. But uh, there was uh, quite uh, a beatdown or a destruction here. Week zero, uh, Notre Dame against my greater uh, anticipation. Man, they took Navy absolutely apart. Uh, yeah. Navy looked like garbage. And uh, Notre Dame dropped the hammer on them. I don't remember the final score, but it was ugly. Let's see, uh, final score of that. I had pulled up. Um, yeah, it was forty-two to three. It was just like it was the only game on at three thirty outside of like a high school game. I think on ESPN, and it was like, wow, Notre Dame figured out how to wait to ruin week zero. Yeah, no real drama there. I did catch a little bit of it, and then I caught a little bit of the USC game. That was much closer in the first half than I anticipated. I was very, very surprised. Um, they ended up pulling it out late. They got a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they so did. They flexed that muscle, and uh, it was closer. San Jose State put up a hell of a fight. You could just tell as the game went along, though, that they didn't have the the defensive horses to keep up. So. Surprising though, I think it was fourteen seven at half or something so, close. It was something very close. I'm pulling up the stat bar right now. Yeah, but surprisingly, that USC team kind of it took them a few times to took them a few quarters to get warmed up here. But once they did, it was over. 
Mm-hmm. But I was just thought that was a surprising uh, score there. And then Hawaii with uh, about the same. That was how how often do you say the Vanderbilt game was the probably the most entertaining game of the week? <laughs> hey, look, I told Sean this again. Sean's on a on a plane to Hollywood, California. Sean's a he's out doing some business there. I told him, I said, man, Vanderbilt's offense looks like it functions. And uh, that's not throwing shade at Vanderbilt or Hawaii. Hawaii came out and they played really hard. Um, I don't think the game was ever really, really in threat, but Hawaii kept, you know, kept playing really hard. Timmy Chang, all-time passing leader there at the University of Hawaii, has that team fired up. He's the head coach now. I forgot that that was the case. So uh, a feisty Hawaii team coming all the way across the country, uh, pretty fired up. They gave Vanderbilt all he could give them, and that was a pretty entertaining football game. Um, I thought it was it's probably the it game was entertaining a Saturday, in my opinion. Like uh, when I turned, I was like, "Oh, thank you, Jesus! It's close." So this might be—is uh, this the end of week zero here? I think the whole week zero thing's kind of run its Yeah, week zero's done. Tomorrow's technically week one, and of course, yeah. I, I mean, the biggest game we know is going to be televised. Most of this looks like is you know Wake, UCF. Um, big game, I think, in the group will be Florida, Utah. Yeah. Just because it's on ESPN game, I really want to watch because I like the I love um, Fickle for Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota. Just because I like watching Minnesota play. So for week one, what we'll do here, uh, this is the one that's going to kick off the football season for mm-hmm. the pick pool. We'll run through the non pick pool games because there's a couple of very interesting ones to your point, and then we'll move on over into the games that concern our pick pool a little bit more. We'll kind of touch yeah. on game by game basis. Okay. And like you said, you know, obviously Thursday we get a big kickoff here. The Florida Gators uh, talking mad smack against Utah. It turns out that Cam Rising will not start. The starting quarterback for the Utah Utes is actually reported not to be starting. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's rumor. I don't know if that's a scoop. But I've, I've come cool. after you brought it up today. Um, I noticed that came up like on Bleacher Report too, and Bleacher Report's usually spot on with that type of stuff. So we're looking at a potential Bryson Barnes start. QB redshirt junior had some uh, play time in the Rose Bowl against Penn State, if I'm not mistaken. So you definitely have uh, some drama, added drama there, because you were expecting to see the the all time, you know, badass senior quarterback. From uh, from Utah with Cam Rising with the with the chops here, but it's looking like it's going to get a little grim. I saw Utah at four and a half favorites at home. I haven't seen an update on who's favored. I imagine that line will push a little bit closer to Florida, maybe being even favored in this game from a betting perspective. I don't think it changes too much as long as, uh, in my opinion, as long as he can go in there and uh, play and not turn the ball over, and they just kick field goals instead of, you know, ruining their goal line chances. I don't think Florida beats them anyways. But, again, um, that kind of adds a dimension that we were not aware of. So uh, not a familiar name here, Bryson Barnes. He's going to get the start, though. Six foot one, mm, 290 pounds, guy. overly big guy. Mm, and yeah, of Milford, Utah. So never heard of that guy. But Utah's going to have a – I think they're 19-1 and one or something ridiculous like that at home over the last 20 yes. games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, just to tell you, Utah has it by four and a half right now. Oh, they're That's still fine. four and a half? Okay. Yes. 
So maybe that line will move a little bit closer to tomorrow night. Um, I think you could put a throwing machine out there and still be Florida. Yeah, I, I said a, in the poll for Instagram, I said they could put a ham sandwich back at quarterback and still be Florida, but remains to be seen. So that's a big one here. Unfortunately, not on the pick pool. Definitely mm-hmm. wanted that game on the pick pool last year. Definitely needed it this year, but that Thursday night kick uh, puts it without of our reach for the pick pool. Uh, we've, like you mentioned, Nebraska, Matt Rule, he is taking the Cornhuskers over to Minnesota here, the uh, Golden Gophers. It looks like P.J. Fleck has got the boat rowing here. Uh, they made a bunch of noise early last year. They played Ohio State very closely in the first week of the season. I think I pushed on a bet that week because they won Ohio State won by exactly 14 points. Um, I almost lost my shirt because that game was way closer than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. You're going to have to see. I don't want to call it a must win for either program, but it almost kind of feels like a bowl game for Nebraska at this point because it does, cause what hope have they had? I mean, Dave, I mean, shoot, we were both in, it was what, what would Eric Crouch play for them when last time they were relevant? That was like 2000, 2001. Yeah. I mean, and since then it's been a dynamic drop in that, you know, story program. I mean, who would ever thought Nebraska, one of those schools has the most natties out there that we've forgotten about them. Well, I'll tell you what, they chased Bo Pelini out the door, and then they lived to regret that. Yeah, so true. Nebraska, I think Nebraska made a really good hire with Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule's oh, a yeah. college guy. I think it's not going to take him that two-year turnaround time. I think Nebraska's got a lot of pieces, and they play really close. They just don't know how to win, and that's a skill. And I think Minnesota is a perfect test because I think these teams probably pretty evenly matched in recruiting. Nebraska probably even still to this point a little bit better recruited. Um Minnesota kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, they just really run the ball and they play solid defense. So, so kind of like a, basically a like a Wisconsin or Illinois club. Well, typical, so, typical big Big Ten type school. You know, yeah. power power run. You know, play action pass. South we'll, see, we'll see what Nebraska is made out of. I'll actually keep an eye on that one because I do want to watch this Florida Utah game, and if it gets uninteresting. I want to see this Nebraska Minnesota game because I think all four of these teams here are going to end up in a pick pool. At one point, so it's always interesting. That's why you kind of want to keep half an eyeball on all these games, simply because sometimes a team will catch fire, or maybe you'll get into a weird like mid-tier Big Ten matchup where you have two teams that are pretty similar. You want to know a little bit about them. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that Thursday, Friday. The bonanza continues here. Mm-hmm. You've got Miami of Ohio going to Miami. Miami. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke not slated to start thumb injury. Uh, kind of a precautionary measure here. Miami of Ohio quarterback, I forget his name, but uh, in an interview, he proclaimed that the real Miami is actually in Ohio, Oxford, Ohio. So uh, that's pretty big words there, marching into the University of Miami Stadium. I'm not sure how many people are going to show up for this game. Not you've a lot. Got a, you've got a lot of hype surrounding the Mario Cristobal era, but – Miami, typically a fair-weather team. This isn't a sexy matchup. They'll probably get way more attendance. Um, and they should. Well, no, they'll get more attendance at Texas A&M next week. I think the, they're kind of waiting on that game. But you better, if you're Miami Hurricanes, you better watch out because Miami of Ohio, this is their Super Bowl. This could get very dangerous. This is a must-win for Miami. Um, they lost a bunch of games that they should not have lost last year. They're changing a lot of pieces. We talked a lot about 
that on our Miami Hurricanes podcast. So Miami of Ohio, watch out uh, for those Miami Hurricanes. It could be a good one. I am going to tune in. Uh, just fingers crossed if Florida and Miami can lose in the same weekend with an FSU victory, I'd be very happy. Um, we also have a Louisville at Georgia Tech. Interesting matchup here. Louisville kind of gets some preseason buzz. It's a solid team. They went four and four in the ACC last year. Georgia Tech kind of just, you know, grabbing at straws for answers. Uh, I will say that I've been to the Georgia Tech Stadium. It's in downtown Atlanta. It's super cool. It's very small, but man, they get fucking after it, bro. Like they, when they're packed in there and they've got a close game, it's a fun atmosphere. It's actually one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to just crowd wise because they have a very dedicated student section, and it's cool because you're inside Atlanta and the way the stadium sits, you can kind of see the skyline. So nice. a very unique experience. The tailgating was really funny. Everyone, like, like threw their cigarettes in a pile and, like, nicely and neatly, like, you know, put all their trash in, like, a giant pyramid. It was really funny just to see. Well, you got engineers who are bored, so that's why I do yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> so I just thought that was an interesting little take. It was a fun tailgate. Uh, we polished off an entire bottle of bullet whiskey, uh, pregame. It was Just awesome. For the fifthers, not like the big ones, but, um, it was super good. We had a good time. Just Florida State lost historically, uh, hard time with the Yellow Jackets in that stadium. Florida State lost on a fumble on the last play of the game. So we, mo- we, we got a bunch of Saturday games here on the pick pool list. We got a couple of interesting ones here. Um, East Carolina, the Purple Pirates, are going all the way up to the University of Michigan to take on the Michigan Wolverines, the Fighting Carbaws. Um, I didn't see the spread on this one, but I just got it kind of piqued my interest because there's always that thought in your back of the mind where you've got a highly rated Michigan team, you've got an underdog FBS team. You know, what are the chances here that an App State happens? Appalachian State again. Yeah, this light. Strike twice here? I don't think so. I don't think a hard, that's going to happen to a hardball team. I don't see hardball the type of coach who puts anybody lightly. Like, um, who Let, me that stop Let me stop you here. Coach Harbaugh is not going to be on the sideline for this game. Oh, that's right. Well, that either or you power, Michigan power runs that game, it's still not a game. Okay. Not even close, yeah? Yeah, not even close. It's but they're gonna do their thing. It's but I don't see that team. Even though yes, he's not, Harbaugh is not there. Thank you for reminding that. That team's been told not to let up until you know boss gets back. Okay, so they're just a well-oiled machine at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting you know note there because you've always got that little bug in the back of your head about App State sneaking up on you. You've got UVA. Uh, the Virginia Wahoos, the Cavaliers, terrible team going to Knoxville. Tennessee looking resurgent. Uh, I think maybe in a different year, this would have been a sexier matchup, but unless Western or uh, University of Virginia has done some dramatic things without my knowing on the, uh, on the sly here, I think Tennessee rolls them pretty hard. Just kind of keep an eye on that to see. I think you want to watch that game just to see how far along Tennessee is with their new roster players. You know, they got Joe Milton. They lost a couple of receivers. How's that defense going to look? So I think this game's more about how crisp does Tennessee look from the first snap to the final snap in terms of their, you know, rebuilding or reloading. And then I thought that was fascinating, kind of just like a, a warm up here. So UVA kind of not necessarily a good team. 
No, but we're we're here to see what the new t- what the next step for Tennessee is. What is Josh Heupel's next step as a head coach, making this team back to what the Tennessee was in the nineties? Can they can they still run it like they did last year? I think they have a possibility, but it's just they need another receiver to step up. Like last year, those two speed receivers they had. I mean, shoot, you really only had to throw it up and one of them catch it. But, you know, that's going to be the big test. And I also want to see how the blocking is with up front because that would be kind of deceptible towards the end of the season as well. Their defense is also pretty terrible. So mm-hmm. this would be a good showcase for them. A really interesting game that I wish would have been on the pick pool, Boise State going to Washington. You've got some, <clears throat> you've got some very quiet uh, Pac-12 noise coming out. Nobody's really talking about the Washington Huskies. They won 11 games last year. Michael Penix Jr., he's in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. He's an electric player if he can stay healthy. Boise State, always known for going anywhere, anytime to play anybody. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I didn't see the spread on this one, but just from a non-conference standpoint, I think this is a good ball game for Washington to come out and make a statement. They're going to have to play really tough. They're going to have to play a Pac-12 lineup here that's pretty pretty gritty, so it'll be interesting to see how they perform week to week. And again, Boise State, not necessarily fading from relevance, but kind of uh, they were that torchbearer for the non-Power 5, you know, teams in the past. Can they make a run? Obviously, Tulane kind of had the hot hand last year. Houston before them had the hot hand. So, you know, can Boise State step back in? Maybe this has to do with a statement game for Boise State. Can they kind of win a few games that they're not supposed to uh, as they normally do. That's kind of their calling card. Can they get moved into a conference as conference realignment is kind of uh, is kind of shifting all around them? So this will be an interesting game if you're a Boise State Broncos fan. Can you continue that legitimacy and then maybe parlay a few big wins this year and a run at a maybe like an outside playoff chance? You know, can you kind of squeeze your way into the Big 12? Maybe the ACC wants to pick you up. Maybe the Big 12 wants to pick you up. So, it's possible. I would see someone like the Big Ten or more the Big Twelve. Like I think they need one more step to get into one of the major. Um, yeah. I will say one thing: looking at spread, that is, it's only a fourteen point spread for a top ten school playing unranked school. So I mean, and like you said, Boise, their calling card has always been winning on a crazy old school trick play that we all know and love, but people forget about. Yeah, they got the balls to play them. Mm-hmm. Plus, they don't. I mean, that's what's funny, man. Like Boise State travels and Boise State wins. Yeah. They beat Oregon. They beat Florida State. They've beaten Oklahoma. They've beat you know over time. They've racked up a bunch of non-conference wins. And you know, it's kind of silly to just assume that they're kind of out of the race. Plus, sometimes I think their biggest thing is, is man, they just low. They lay low in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Just a note here. Just so I just saw the line on this, just to flip back to this Michigan game. Michigan's favored by 36. Erie, I think that App State, they were favored 30 plus points against App State. It was, it was somewhere around there. It was something where there was no one. Well, let's yeah, face it, nobody expected that game, but they were ranked like four in the country and just got yeah. shellacked. So, no, uh, no mercy there as far as the the odds makers are concerned, but I just thought that was interesting because yeah, you're saying Washington favored at home minus 14. Yeah. I I don't know, man, Boise state, they've been kind of 
they've been kind of not necessarily regressing, but you know, they in order for them to be relevant, they have to win every game, and that's kind of hard to do for any program. So oh, yeah. that's an interesting game there. If that's a late night, late late night game there, I'll probably tune in. Oh, it's actually midday. Uh, it's, a three, it's a three. It's a day game, three thirty. Well, maybe they're trying to get this Washington football team some primetime television here. Um, we go to Sunday night primetime television. We talked a whole bunch about this game. LSU going to Orlando. Uh, hopefully the stadium is left. Hopefully there are no uh, plans that were foiled for either team or people traveling to see them. Hopefully they're Traveling is an issue right now, I can tell, because my parents were supposed to come for the game, and the okay. issue is gas on I-10, I-75 where the hurricane hit. There's some slowdown here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think that'll stop these uh, wily LSU folks from coming. They'll they'll figure out a way to be there. The Florida folks, you can't stop them. There are already heroes in the Gulf coming. I mean, you can't stop yeah. the airports. Yeah, they've got it. Um, what I will say is is that you know this will be a fifty fifty game in terms of uh, seats and attendance. Uh, obviously, LSU is going to show up big game here. I didn't see the line slide too much. I would it's two and a half LSU right now. Okay, so that flipped from the last time I saw it. FSU was favored, so that might have they might have pushed it, but that's not surprising. You might see that line flip one more time, or go to a pick 'em, just depending on how much late money's coming in. So a it's lot just of people kind of weird. LSU's up top, really, because um, losing two stars this week for the game. Yeah, that would have pushed FSU in the favor of kind of narrowing that spread. So what I would say here is is that. You know, big game, primetime game. This is after the Saturday, you know, festival. I really do wish this LSU-FSU game and Florida-Utah uh, game would have been uh, on the pick pool. But, you know, for those primetime slots, for whatever reason, you don't get um, – the pick pool doesn't go multiple days, even though this Northwestern Rutgers game is supposed mm-hmm. to be on Sunday, which is weird. Or at least that's what I saw. Perhaps I was mistaken. That might have been a typo because usually they're on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting game, maybe not necessarily a barn burner, but could be interesting earlier. Monday night, the kind of the ending of the Labor Day weekend holiday here is Clemson is at Duke, which is not the most interesting, no. you know, potential <clears throat> location for a football game. I'm sure Clemson is pretty heavily favored in this game. I don't see why they would lose. Thirteen point fa- only a thirteen point favorite. Wow, that's really really surprising. Yeah, I mean, well, I think week one ACC. I think y'all become ACC has become more of like the upset special conference in my opinion because yeah. really outside Clemson the outside Clemson the last couple of years it's been like a pretty much there at one god tier and everyone else below. Yeah. So, so upset city can have, but only thing that puts Clemson in that little lull of oh we don't we can put cruise control whenever we want. Duke was not a bad football team. No, they year. were not. But we'll see. The rubber's going to meet the road. Clemson looking to rectify a couple of seasons of underperforming. Dabo definitely back in the swing. Mm-hmm. You've got a new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley. Got it right this time. Coming <laughs> from that. Uh, Lincoln Riley tree, where it's high flying offense. Cade Klubnick looking to live up to expectations. We've seen bad Cade. We've seen good Cade. So uh, it just depends on who we're going to see Saturday. I'm going to watch it. I mean, I would love to see Clemson step on a rake. Um, Either way, I don't think it impacts the Florida State game too much. They're going to be locked in for that one. So 
No. Hopefully that can give us some – if Clemson drops that game, that will give us some kind of leeway to get into the ACC title with one or multiple losses. So, yeah. Well, actually, just everything top 25 throughout the year and actually puts Clemson in a oh-crap mode for the first time and I can yeah. remember at the start of the season. Yeah, they don't really lose games early. I think yeah. the loss early was the Bama. Yeah. So you've got a couple of great games here that are uh, not on the goal line, guys. Pick them slate. And just to roll back for everybody here that's tuning into the podcast, I know our longtime listeners, uh, you know, there's a few dozen of you guys. Thanks for tuning in here. Um, for anybody that's new to the podcast, just want to kind of revamp. We follow college football religiously here. We watch all the games. We watch the early games, the Thursday games, the Friday games, the Wednesday games when it's Maction. Um, but we do really focus in on we have a pick pool here. There's 10 games per week. You pick winner, loser, no spread, and then you rank them, 10 being the most confident, one being the least confident, and everywhere in between, 55 total points for the week. And you better hit your big ones because if you uh, miss on one of the big ones, one of the big favorites, you're, you know, scratching for oxygen here. So we got a couple of – we got a mixed bag really here in terms of week one action just simply because a lot of these games are not on Saturday. There are some really interesting games here. Sean, obviously, not available to make the podcast. Uh, Jeff was out. John was out as well. So that's some prior obligations. We were supposed to record last night, but uh, we kind of got punted, tornadoes and – rain and hurricane and all sorts of stuff like that. So we're going to dive in here. We're going to knock out a few of the uninteresting ones or less interesting ones. And then we're going to jump into the barn burners here. Some interesting action all across the board. I would say probably the least interesting game. It's going to be a Big Ten special. <clears throat> Northwestern's got a lot of problems right now. Rutgers is trying to you know sit around doing Rutgers things. They're Greg just trying Shiano to things. Right The Greg Schiano 2.0 is here. They were pretty feisty last year. Uh, Northwestern's had a streak of playing better. But Pat Fitzgerald is gone. There's a lot of drama surrounding Northwestern team. This game is going to be in New Jersey here. Rutgers by six and a half, favored by six and a half. Um, it's going to be a noon tilt, if I'm not mistaken. And Rutgers favored by almost a touchdown here. They play close. Northwestern plays defense. This should be a punt festival. Uh, a couple of field goals here. I'd take Rutgers. I'm not going to put too many confidence points on it, though, because this can swing either way. It just depends on which team shows up. It depends on the Northwestern team, their mindset in general. They've had a freaky, messed-up offseason, the boys yeah, in general. Does this, you know, this a game they come out and just lay off all that tension, anxiety, and steam they've had this whole offseason, or do they just lay over and just wait for a new head coach to get hired next year? So a, a choice words here from Sean. Rutgers is going to fucking wax Northwestern. Northwestern is back to ass football. <laughs> ah, so Sean, Sean's he, locking he up Rutgers here. He did not mince any words there. No, and it's just a funny <clears throat> funny choice of words. A lot of weird stuff going on in the showers at Northwestern. So that game, we'll call it examined. I'm calling Rutgers with a win. It's probably going to be ugly. I don't think it gets out of hand. Rutgers doesn't have the firepower, but mm-hmm. I don't know how many confidence points I'm going to put on that one. You've got an interesting you've got an interesting matchup here coming with South Alabama, kind of a, a surging smaller school. You've got Tulane, the other school in Louisiana. <clears throat> you know, they're playing for a lot this year. They had their chance last year. They kind of goofed against UCF, got the revenge game, beat a really good USC team in their bowl game. Uh they proved they could play 
uh, really good offense. And then, uh, they have their returning quarterback, Pratt. He's coming back. He can, he can deal cards. He can throw the rock. Um, they're favored by six and a half against South Alabama, which considering their offensive firepower, that's kind of a small line. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's the case. Uh, I think some of the input here from Sean, Tulane rolls, but South Alabama puts up a lot of points. It's probably, I didn't see the over under. I think Tulane's got too much to play for. Yeah, I do too. I think they're their team. I don't think they're going to be kind of, you know, resting on their laurels. They got caught with their pants down a couple of times last year. And I think that focus is going to be a little bit different. I don't think they're going to overlook. That'd be a hilarious upset to start the season, but that's why you it, tune in. You never know. That could be a tricky pick there. Cause if you pick that okay. one super high confident mm-hmm. and they get, they get a, they get stabbed there in the heart by South Alabama, that'd be pretty brutal. Yeah, and Tulane could just Tulane it as well. I mean, yeah. I see. I don't. I have no trust in that school whatsoever when it comes to sports. If it's a doctor doing surgery on me, oh hell yeah, I'm in. But I mean, football. I mean, it could go like you said. It, even though yes, only three percent in the pick pool in the country have picks up Alabama, it definitely could happen. You want to watch those, especially when you get that kind of feedback there, because fading the public is real. I'm not saying yeah. pick South Alabama with 10 confidence points, but, hey, maybe you sneak in a one-pointer, you flip-flop these teams, you adjust your other picks. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It should be a good watch here. And that's what makes it interesting because they all mm-hmm. seem fairly obvious, and then right. someone's always a fly in the ointment, ointment, and that's what makes college football fantastic. Now, a game that doesn't seem like it's going to go very well for one team, West Virginia's going all the way up to State College here. You know, West Virginia and Pennsylvania actually – as states, they do actually border, so there's some bad blood here. Penn State favored by 20 and a half points. It's going to be Happy Valley. Big season for them, a lot of expectations. They're favored by 20 and a half points in this instance. One thing that Penn State loves to do is fumble the bag when there's lots of expectations mm-hmm. on the line. West Virginia, typically scrappy. They're kind of moving on from that Dana Holgerson era. Um, they played Pitt really, really well last year uh, early on in the season. That was a hell of a game. Um, they played that one in Heinz Field, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of the more interesting games last year. And I don't know, man. James Franklin has been kind of hovering around the 8-9 win, 10-win ter- territory his entire time at Penn State. Uh, he's never quite exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. It would be tough for West Virginia to go in and win this game at yeah. Penn State. Maybe closer. Maybe they cover this 20-and-a-half. I'm unsure. Um, Penn State, Franklin, he, he's one of those coaches where he's, I don't think he can get the next step. I think he may have hit his ceiling at Penn State of what he can do and maybe, I mean, that school's been through hell and back. I'm not saying anything, been through hell and back in the recent 20 years, but I think they need someone a little better than him to take that next step to be able really to go against the Ohio State's and Michigan's of the Big Ten. So he's just kind of hit that glass ceiling. As I think were. so. I mean, he hasn't really – remember when O was leaving, he was one of the top names on there, then he started losing all of a sudden. Yeah, couldn't really – I don't know. That just really kind of – that 20 and a half is a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd have to re-look up West Virginia's uh, stats from last year. I mean, Pitt was a formidable team. It's always tough to play t- to play mm-hmm. Pitt. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're not home. I mean, they're going to play really sound football. Um, they're not going to let you slip up. Penn State typically has good defense. They just somehow find a way to lose games on offense. Um, I just don't know if West Virginia has enough firepower. I'm kind of 
quickly looking at their 2022 season. Probably could have done a little bit more homework on this, but okay. So they were five and seven last year. So this isn't necessarily a loaded West Virginia team coming back in. They did beat Baylor, which was surprising. They mm-hmm. beat Oklahoma, which is not surprising. Yeah, they they played real close. They played um, they played close against Pitt early. They played really close against Kansas. They lost that game in overtime. They beat Baylor, which is interesting because Baylor's pretty scrappy. They put up yeah. 31 points on TCU. Kind of an up and down season here. Yeah, I don't know. Penn State better watch out. I mean, this is a team that's going to be hungry. Yeah. I just and, don't know if they're going to lost them. But it's also week one, and I really don't know where to turn on Penn State. If you're going to make a big upset as an unranked school, you want to make a name for yourself, this is always the week to do it. And there's yeah. all, I mean, we, we all know there's going to be one or two of like, oh my God, how this happened this week. Right. Because who's going to be the Michigan this year? <laughs> who's going to be, I think, who's a, like a, who's going to be a Texas who loses their first game of the year? You know, being highly ranked. You know, what's going to happen? I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be Penn State. I'm not going to put too much faith in it. They may cover. I just mm-hmm. don't think West Virginia has enough firepower. Um, I'm going to call Penn State with a win, but West Virginia potentially to cover it. Wouldn't put any money on it. Not really nope. well-researched. Well Week one is kind of tricky. Um, moving on from that one, we have Toledo going against Illinois. Illinois at home, minus nine-and-a-half point favorite. That seems about right. They're not really going to blow you away with their stats. They're not really going to blow you away with their offense. They're just going to strangle you to death with their defense. Yep. Um, Toledo, obviously a smaller school. Brett Bielmas kind of got the Brett Bielmas machine running. You've got uh, ground-and-pound football. We're going to run it at you. They're going to soak up that clock. A note for college football this year, if you get a first down, it doesn't automatically stop the clock. They changed that. They so did like that way? Hmm. Yep, that started this year. The NCAA will do, anything, will do anything except throw away the, the red referee that gives you the three- or four-minute TV timeout. So got college are looking to speed up a little bit. So that favors running teams, that favors teams that are ahead. So you're going to see a little bit of shifting strategy there. I don't think I'm going to spend too much time. This might be one of my higher confidence pick points. I think Illinois is just too good on defense. Yeah. They've got a reliable kicker. They're not going to try to do anything fancy. They're just going to put Toledo in a box. I'm sorry, in a phone booth, and they're going to box them. And I think they got too many boxes there. It's just going to be an assault charge on Toledo. That, that's what's Yeah. Going. Toledo's going to go to the battered women's shelter after this game. <laughs> Reserve about 120 spots. Um, you got North Carolina going over to South Carolina in the Battle of the Carolinas here. It's going to be in well, Charlotte. Well, wait, you, you know what the name's called, right? It's the Duke Mayo's Bowl. Is it the Duke Mayo Bowl? Yes. The kickoff classic? I was looking it's going to be a kickoff classic. Yeah, Duke Mayo, it's something like that, kickoff classic. But, I mean, of yeah. course, Duke Mayo has to do the South Carolina-North Carolina game. Hey, look, as long as somebody eat, ends up eating, you know, the Duke Mayo, you know, they eat a bucket. A large spoon at the end that's going to vomit everywhere. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, North Carolina favored in this game, surprisingly, because it's neutral site. Mm-hmm. Drake May leading the Tar Heels, Mac Brown's Tar Heels. Coming into this game, you know, Drake May's, Obviously, one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, if not the country. He can really deal it. Um, I'm worried about Gene Chizik and that North Carolina Tar Heel defense. You saw South Carolina perform mm-hmm. really well in spots. They performed horribly in spots. Spencer Radler got really hot 
late in the year. He's really spinning it. He really kind of turned that corner. Can Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks show up early in the season against the major opponent, pulling out? This one's probably going to be the best game of the day simply because these two teams are equally yoked here. Um, I lean Carolina simply because there's nothing I believe in less than the Tar Heels of defense. Of course, which, which Carolina? You said I lean Carolina. When, when, North I, when, South. I, say, when I say Carolina, I mean Yeah, Carolina. you lose I lean Carolina. No, 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 not you. I would refer to them the Tar Heels. I meant cocky. I lean cocky here simply because the Tar Heel defense is just fucking awful, and I don't think they've done enough recruiting wise. Um, you're gonna see you, this is basically Spencer Radler's kind of final chance to kind of solidify his legacy in a big spot. Everybody kind of sees it coming. South Carolina's not going to sneak up on North Carolina this year. Uh, they're not kind of off a couple of losses. They're not having a bad season. They're not having to turn anything around. So it's not like they're going to surprise them. I think this might be the most interesting game of the day. Um, I think South Carolina finds a way to win this game. I think if if Spencer Rattler's that same Spencer Rattler we saw at the end of last season, who was that pretty much that guy we saw freshman year at Oklahoma. They're going to destroy North Carolina. I don't really see it being the game. Um, I do like what I do like watching South Carolina. Love Beamer ball. I mean, I think it's almost Spencer Rattler for South Carolina. He comes out, plays like those last three weeks in the SEC. It's lights out done. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, South Carolina had such an up and down season last year. They had really kind of like, it was almost like they had two seasons, but it, really it was. Never- was. It was well. I mean, it's just like it was every other week. It was very hackable and jive, uh, Jekyll Hyde rather. But towards those, I feel it was like the last five games when something clicked in Spencer's head. Like he, I don't know if he got his mojo, his confidence. I mean, he just became a he just became who we were supposed to see back in Oklahoma. It was such an odd season last year. They lost to Arkansas forty four thirty. They lost to Georgia ugly forty eight seven. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. They beat Kentucky. Yeah, they beat yeah. Texas A&M that next week. They lose to Missouri, head scratcher. They beat Vanderbilt. They lose to Florida in a blowout. They turn around and blow out Tennessee, and then they beat Clemson in an absolute nail biter. I can't say that there was too. I wasn't too disappointed in that Notre Dame loss simply because it was who had the ball last. Right. And um, you know that last what was it? The last three games, last three or four games, you kind of saw Rattler go off. Uh, you know, I just don't know which. It's a coin flip. So since they lost last Notre Dame, it looks like they're due for a win. Um, North Carolina, on the other hand, I just – their defense is just garbage. And I don't, I don't think that – I think Gene Chizik is a really good coach. I just don't mm-hmm. think you can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I just don't think they have the recruits. And if North Carolina, or sorry, if South Carolina comes out spinning it, um, again, this is probably a game where, you know, they lost to Georgia Tech late last season. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina, Mac Brown, I've loved the Mac Brown experience there, him having that, like, you know, last little go in his career, but they are up and down, like you say. There's some games they look amazing. There's some games they look god-awful. Yeah. I mean, it's ACC, so the defense doesn't always show, but when they finally play a team that they have to stop, it's, it's paper thin. It's not going to happen. They gave up way too many points. They gave up They gave up 61 points against App State. That was a great game. They won mm-hmm. that one, surprisingly. 
They gave up 28 points to Georgia State. They gave up 45 to Notre Dame. They gave up 35 to Duke. They gave up 28 to UVA. They gave up 34 to Wake. They gave up 30 to North Carolina State, which is surprising. So pretty much they had to go into the game thinking, we got to at least score 40 to win as an offense. Yeah, that's a lot of points. And then they lost Oregon. I did. I did want them to win that game because there's nothing I like more than Bo Nix tears. Oh, everybody likes Bo Nix tears. I didn't get any of those. But interesting game. I mean, I wouldn't put a ton of points on this one either. Um, but I'm going to lean Carolina Gamecocks here. Good kicks. Probably the most surprising line of the pick pool here. Army is favored by ten against U- University of Louisiana Monroe. I thought that was strange. You got a service academy heavily favored. That's kind of a tricky game. I, I got to reread Sean's input here. I didn't really pay attention when he sent me the, the text message on that one. I figured we'd kind of gloss over that. But on second note, that's kind of a strange. I feel like that's due for like an upset because if you the the triple option's so tricky. Like if you can get it clicking, it's hard to stop because you don't see it all the time. <clears throat> I think the one really really good thing working in ULM's favor is they have all off season to prep for it because it's game one. Right. So in my opinion, that creates an interesting dynamic because they're going to, they're obviously going to be practicing this, practicing this all off season. Oh, um, but you got not really because just you're playing one game with one niche offense and you're going against, you know, spread pretty much the rest of the year. So right, yeah, you're practicing against it, but it's like still, like you said, triple option. If you can run it perfect, even in the modern era, you can still sneak up on people because, you're yeah. not used to running it. I'm going to double check my pick confidence. I'm going to take Army just simply because I know more about them. But I'm going to be careful here. I'm not going to wager, even though this game, the spread is super high. I'm not going to wager a bunch of points. Interesting matchup. I'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Um, let's see. Let's do the uninteresting ones, and then we'll go to the final coup de gras here. Okay. You have an interesting, interesting game here that snuck up on the pick bull Cal. I mean, what the hell has Cal been doing for the past, since Marshawn Lynch graduated, the Cal Bears? Um, they're going to play North Texas. Now, this seems like a trap game to me. It's at North Texas. Um, we don't know too much about North Texas other than occasionally scrappy. They did beat Arkansas that one year. Um, Cal is just kind of uninspiring. I mean, I think they've had yeah. somewhat of a decent run here recently. But nothing kind of mid-tier Pac-12, nothing they're, really, really impressive. They're really the third best California team. I mean. They might be the fourth or fifth. True. Because you got to think, you got to think, UCA, yep. USC, UCLA, Fresno. Oh, Fresno, uh, yeah. Yeah, Fresno State's usually in there. You mm-hmm. got a whole bunch of California teams. Stanford. Yeah, you just don't hear about Cal. I mean, ever, like you said, since Marshawn Lynch, I mean, you may see a blip, I think. You know, they'll beat UCLA every once in a while, but outside that, it's like, oh. So this game is in Denton, Texas. So Cal's got to go a long way. It's going to be hot, I would imagine. And oh, it's going to be hot. Dude, i got friends in Texas. It's hot as Hades right now. I mean, it's just like everywhere else the asphalt's melting there. You could get a ticket for $17. It's going to be in Denton, Texas. Cal's last five games, they lost four of them. North Texas 
out of their last five games, they lost three, played close to, close to Boise State. They beat Rice, which what does that mean? They yeah. lost to UAB, beat FIU. You know, I don't know a lot about this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's surprising that Cal is favored on the road. I'm looking at the line now. It's now seven with an over-under of 54. So they're expecting some fireworks here, at least Vegas is. It can go either way. I, I wonder if it's just like name recognition is really pulling Cal at this point. It's just that's just name recognition. Yeah, that's just that's that's you might fade the public on that one. Exactly. Maybe it's a upset. I think there's room for up six and a half on the road. So that means the books are going to give you what three points for home field advantage. Exactly. So I don't know. That's a tricky one. See, this is where. The people that make the pick pool, they really kind of entice you into thinking you're going to get a 10, 10 out of 10 easy week. Right. And they just sucker punch you with this game. So you begin to understand, you know, a couple of weeks into it, they do throw some landmines in there. That's a game that I'll probably watch, and that's kind of the fun of it. And kudos to the guys that put this pick pool together. <clears throat> they get you sucked into these games where – you have no earthly reason to watch Cal at North Texas, yeah. but you might end up flipping over a few times once a, f- a few of these games get underway and kind of out of control. Um, so that'll be an interesting game. I'll have to revamp my uh, my pick order here because that's some good information from Sean. And I'll talk about an absolute it, – it's a new term. We, we came up uh, with a couple of terms last year. I think TCU is going to donkey dick Colorado. It's going to be fucking brutal. Even by 20 and a half. I think they may, they may double the spread. I think this is a welcome to actual deep college football Deion Sanders game because he's yeah. done this whole hype train, this whole offseason doing the biggest turnaround of a roster in college football history with yeah. 84 new players. Um, I mean, he has poached great players, but just because you have great players, can you make them all work together? Yeah. In a short time period, you've had to do this. So, sure. I mean, does Deion's son, is he a D1 quarterback? No. I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean, the kid they got behind him, yes. Um, I think his name's Curtis. He was number two of our quarterback in the country. He's the future at squad. But I, I, there's a part of me that thinks Prime needs a little humbling this year in general. Well, I think, it's, I think it's one of those things where you look at kind of like to your to your point, like TCU, although losing a lot to the NFL, losing a lot through graduation, Sonny Dykes is a really good coach who paid a lot of dues at SMU. Like, yeah. I don't think you get to go from swack football if you're not Deion Sanders, the personality and kind of like the media guy, because, okay, you took, it's equivalent to like D3 football. Like exactly. it just, it, it really is. It's, I mean, it's no shade at them. I mean, I could even play D3 football. I get it. But when you I talk. I did. And it's, it's still, it's, trust me, there was still a different throttle of speed and strength that I couldn't get to. Right. So the point that I'm making is, is that it's like, you don't get a job at a Big 12 program if the barstool machine isn't behind you, if the ESPN machine isn't behind you. You just don't randomly elevate to that position. Now, what I would say is, is Colorado, they might as well. If I'm a Colorado fan, it's like, 
you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Like, okay, that's better than what we've been doing because we've been horrible, right? They had that 9 or 10 win season not too long ago, but then they fell right off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, to your point, I think a lot of the Big 12 teams are kind of sick of hearing all this hype and, like, it's not deserved. So I think Texas Christian is going to come out. I think they're just better, obviously, recruited, but they're more coherent because they have a really good winning program. Sonny Dykes is actually a really good coach. Oh, I 100% agree. You don't go to the college playoffs, well, that's that one guy, without being a great coach. Yeah, and it's not like TCU had, like, three good players and that was it. Like, they had a bunch of good players, but they were a really good team. Like, they, they performed really well under pressure with a target on their back, and they played some really, really close football games, and they just had a knack for winning. And obviously, Max Duggan, courageous performance throughout the year, really banged up, you know, oh, yeah. definitely one of those guys, overachiever, you know, kind of playing at the top of his capacity, maybe not necessarily an NFL talent or maybe an NFL star, but definitely all heart. Um, I think 20 and a half is a lot, but... Well, I mean, it could I, be worse. It's going to be worse than that. I'm gonna, but I think this is gonna be one of the most watched games Saturday. Oh, it's gonna pull some eyeballs. I think it's at noon, which is 11 local kick time in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It's gonna be hot. I'm sure it gets hot in Colorado, but not like Texas hot. And I think (laughs) the corn frogs are gonna be a little hot under the collar about everything. And the way, you gotta think too, the way the national championship game ended, they're pretty embarrassed, and oh, yeah. whoever's up on that roster psychologically wants to take some angst out on a team, and Colorado's coming in yapping and talking a bunch of noise. So let's see how Colorado responds. I mean, I think they're experimenting, which, hey, in this new NIL transfer area, like, more power to you as far as, like, changing it up is concerned, but... I think the Texas Horned Frogs absolutely donkey dick the Colorado Buffaloes. I think it's ugly early, and I don't see Sonny Dykes taking his foot off the pedal. Um, some animosity there, not undeserved, and uh, I think it's a bloodbath. Oh, I'm Sonny Dykes. Let's face it this way: everybody in the Pac-12 wants to be that first team to shut up Dion. Yeah, let's just say it how it is. That everyone's like that, like you said earlier. They're tired of hearing his mouth. They're tired of him, you know, with his new thing. If you don't need unity on a team, you just need good players. Yeah, that's going to bite them. Because when you have a, I we both see we're both SEC fans since we were kids. We've seen shitty teams, but they are actual just teams in a coherent unit. Just slaughter yeah. teams you're not supposed to because they're an actual yeah. fucking team. Well, football is football. It takes stars to win, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what is it they say the the whole is more than the sum of its parts because Mm -hmm. individual people have to function together in a particular way and it's you need a lot of people with a steady hand to to win a football game because a lot of things aren't always going to go your way so sometimes when you have a lot of talented people they're not necessarily great leaders they're just good individual players and it's such a big roster and that kind of like overconfidence kind of wears thin when things go tough and that typically implodes. So we'll, we'll see here. That's probably a little bit more time than I wanted to spend on this game, but it, it bears digging in, oh. uh, you know, into the pile here to see kind of what's going on behind the machinery. 
I, I know we'll get past my last one more thing. Since Dion's been been coaching, he really he hasn't really um, had the feed outside. I think his first year he had lost like three or four games. How does he handle having his first losing season as a coach? That's what I um, want to see because this is going to be a losing record this year. But I want to see how yeah. he handles himself with being a winner his whole career. I think Colorado as a as a university and as a fan base is prepared for it. Because let's be honest, it's been pretty bad. Um, yeah, adversity. What do they say? Pressure bust pipes. So uh, head coach too. A lot of it is going. Even you know when you're trying to turn a program around, or you've got a program that's struggling, or if you're coming in with a program that's winning but can't get over the top, you know, winning, losing, or drawing. The way a coach handles the game and the after game and the presser. Like, hey, that's on me. Hey, I'm the head coach. It's my job to get these guys to do the right things. I didn't prepare them enough. Like, we weren't prepared because of me. Like, that kind of coach speak, to your point, the post-game conference is going to be very interesting because it's going to be ugly. And to your point, let's see how that unfolds. And I think that I'll obviously you'll get an earful of it. You'll probably get tired of hearing it. ESPN will make sure that you're tired of hearing it either way. But. Oh, yeah. oh, well, we'll know. We'll be tired of hearing it Sunday during the, um, during two, the whole week until week two. So you'll you'll have your earful here. Um, I think TCU gets the best of them. Oh, Hold yeah. them down and make Brian Golden and doesn't stop anyways. But you've got another interesting game here. You've got uh, probably the third or fourth, at least fourth best team in California. The Fresno State Bulldogs had a good season last year. Purdue kind of struggled. This game's at Purdue. This game's in Indiana. Fresno's really hot this time of year in terms of temperature down in the valley. This is going to be an interesting game. Purdue's only favored by three and a half. Um, Fresno State could very easily march in here and upside. True, I, but remember what, last time we saw Purdue against LSU in Orlando? There were a team got, I think both quarterbacks had like 350 yards passing for LSU between Nuss and Jaden. Both threw three, I think Jaden had five touchdowns, Nuss because he had the two running and Nuss had three. I think their team just got really embarrassed. I think they're probably pissed off still because that game sunk. I mean, we just, we just did whatever we wanted with them from the opening kickoff. I think they come and piss off thinking want to make a name for himself again. I could see a swim, but it's going to be a nail biter. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think Fresno's more talented consistently than people give them credit for. They play tough. They typically have very good quarterback play. Very good air raid a, offense. Yeah. I didn't see a spread here. You know, it's weird. That Northwestern game is on Sunday. It's noon Sunday, which is out of character for that being in the pick pool. Yeah. So that's strange. Um, I'm just looking at the schedule here. I'm trying to find this Fresno State game. But I think this one's going to be close. I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm going to call Fresno with the upset. Um, I don't know. I just don't believe in Purdue. They're good every fifth year, and I don't think this is like that fifth year. I think this is a good pick for an upset because it's likely to happen. It's only three and a half points on the road. Um, it's just kind of a gut feeling. Sean echoed, I actually made all my picks. I tend to pick them, and then I'll change them if necessary. And uh, let me see here. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with them. It's not going to be a lot of points, but I just got a feeling here. Fresno State, 
always playing for something to prove, prove. And they were kind of like the original. If you really go back, Fresno State kind of bubbled a while back and mm-hmm. made a name for themselves. And they kind of, it's such a tough, I think the Western Athletic Conference is tough. But it is. Fresno State always just needs that quarterback. It seems like every 10 years they get some, well, lately it's just been a brother named Carr. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they always get like a Trent Dill for a Carr, some guy who's, Looks very good there, but NFL-wise, a game manager. But still, they always sit up, and they play in they play in the smaller division where during that year they can just roll out, go to a New Year's Six game, be happy. Yeah, this is a noon game, so not a lot of hype around this one. This is going to be early. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye on this one. Interesting game. I just thought it was funny that they put it on the big pool, and me and Sean kind of thought the same thing. Um when I looked at his notes after. So he said, upset watch is Fresno State over Purdue, but don't touch it gambling-wise, too close of a coin flip. So I'm I'm paraphrasing there, but that's what he said. And our last game, which might actually be the best game of the day, that isn't North Carolina, South Carolina, it's going to be UTSA, the Roadrunners, going into Houston, San Antonio and Houston playing a football game. Uh, one and a half points, Roadrunners. Uh, been an interesting team to watch. They've got a good coaching staff there. If all things continue to go sideways for Sark, maybe you see the coach of UTSA uh, elevate over there towards uh, the Longhorns, but who knows? That story is unwritten at this point in time. Uh, Houston kind of hanging around, still relevant. Still got Dana Holgerson. They did lose their offensive coordinator. Um, he went to Miami, so he was kind of the understudy for Dana Holgerson. Houston. Still kind of relevant in that sense. They do go to the Big 12 this year, so a lot to prove. So they draw a really tough, scrappy uh, UTSA team non-conference, which I thought was an interesting choice. But that'll probably be an interesting football game. Uh, Texas, the smaller schools in Texas have definitely proven their salt with Baylor bubbling up over the last couple of years. Obviously, TCU last year, um, you know, UTSA making some noise. Uh, who else has been really good? Texas Tech is supposed to be really good this year. You know, Texas A&M could have a, have a year this year. Texas, obviously, kind of the lead dog in the Texas parade, as always. Hype-wise, yeah, at least. By September, they're usually back to where they should be in the well, cell. They got, they got that Austin-slash-Hollywood media machine going for them. The propaganda's pumping out pretty pretty burnt orange here. But yeah, I think but you, you, you know I'll use um, Matthew McConaughey so many times before it just gets old. Yeah. Well, you got to win. Um, so UTSA minus one and a half, um, that's a coin flip. If this was in San Antonio, I would give a lock here because they're just really good at home, but this one's kind of a coin flip. I'll probably take UTSA with a low amount of uh, confidence points here. I just think they're a little bit hotter than Houston right now. And again, uh, Houston gave up their offensive coordinator who's calling pretty good plays. Um, so overall, when you look at it, you know, when you first glance at this list, it doesn't seem too interesting from a football perspective, like in the major national scene. But when you kind of dive in game by game, that's what makes this pick pool great, is a lot of these games, just for the sheer competition of the pick pool, it's going to keep everything interesting because you're going to see wildly different inputs and you're going to see wildly different point, you know, points on the confidence. So this will create a really, it's really a good week to get the taste for the dynamic because, 
you're going to load points here, you're going to load points on that game, and when that game goes off, you're like, shit, I should have loaded 10 points on this game, or I should have loaded 7 mm-hmm. points on that game. So uh, you don't have to win them all. You just have to win, like, 6 or 7 of them, and then you got to pick the right points. So it'll be a trial by fire here. I'm pretty confident. I don't think I'll change anything this week. Um, I may shuffle the points around a bit, but I'm pretty confident in my high my high tier picks. And then uh, we're gonna let the dice roll on the rest of them. I agree, Deuce. I mean, I like the picks I have so far. I mean, the only thing if you do have anything about the UTSA Houston, that's usually in general just one of those fun games to watch. Like none. I mean, it seems like Saturday doesn't really have any big you know ranked schools. I think the only one we talked about earlier would be the. Carolina, the battle, the Mayo, Duke's Mayo kickoff classic. But outside that, that seems like a game I would click on, see what's going on for a bit. You know, high powered offenses, air raid offenses, always fun for a bit. Yeah. So what's great is you just, if one of these games goes off the rails, then you got some other smaller games that are more competitive. And it's just compelling football, even though it's not for all the, uh, all the glass marbles, you know, it becomes interesting in a narrow sense for the pick bowl. And, once people start talking shit in the pick bowl, then you're just really fired up and you're just like, all right, come on, UTSA. I really need this one. Like, <laughs> come on, Fresno. I picked you with one point. Everybody else picked you, you know, picked Purdue with nine points. Like, let's or, do this. Or the, the devil. You're actually rooting for a team you just god awfully hate, but you just need yep. that one extra point. <laughs> yeah, there's some dark alchemy here uh, in the pool. So, again, um, thanks for tuning in. I'm very excited. We were we weren't as crazy and as rambunctious as we normally are for week one. We are tired. We're kind of coming off a hurricane hangover here. Um, we're glad that you joined us. We'll try to get everybody on the Skype call, on the conference call here next time. We had some scheduling issues, but again, thanks for joining us. Goalineguys.com. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, basically any podcasting system. Goalineguys.com is where you find the link. You can listen on the website there. Share the URL. Share the social media page. Um, I'm going to make the Goal Line Guys Instagram page, but for now you can just follow my page and then I throw college football coverage up there for you guys. Please participate in the IG polls and questionnaires. Typically they're hilarious and there's great answers uh, from all of our fans here at Goal Line Guys. If you have any questions, we'd love to start a mailbag segment. We know we had Sean coming in with his text message. Text message. 30,000 feet info. It's always, is it picks? I think it's picks at goalineguys.com. That's probably where we never get the email. I always get the uh, email address wrong. Again, thanks for tuning in, TJ. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, We'll be seeing you shortly, and I'm sure we'll be a thousand text messages deep by the end of this LSU-FSU game. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, you and I are going to watch it together this year. That's right. right. We're going to be yelling at each other in person. TJ's going to come over from Orlando. We're going to go check out the Seminoles fan club. TJ's going to get thrown out. Um, no, we're, not the first time. I mean, it can't be as bad as being thrown out as a Florida fan club because that involved almost violence. So, well, you've been thrown out of worse places, right? Oh, very true. I mean, let's not talk about Burma Street. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, TJ, for joining. We appreciate you coming on. We're glad that you're on this year. You're going to add a lot of insight. Can't wait for the SEC matchups to get fired oh, up. Not too long. So, you guys tune in. We're going to try to get a reaction, uh, reaction podcast out by probably by the end of Sunday or early Monday because we're, we're not going to hold our breath about this Duke-Clemson game, but we will keep you updated. 
Again, GoalLineGuys.com. Spread the love on social media. Invite your friends, families. Make them listen to it. Annoy them with it. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. All right. Let the band play Nick. Yeah. <sighs> All right. How do I? I want to make sure that I get the recording. Gotcha. It hit it. Onyx, shut the. Shut up, dude. Your cat held on pretty well. Yeah. Oh, he's good. He just freaking needs attention or he'll die. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and get this posted. Okay. And then uh, I'll tag you in it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, bud. All right, bud. See you. Thank you. Bye.